Welcome to first episode of Flower Life Podcast. I'm Jackson. I'm your co-host, and this is a uh, Taylor. <coughs> My name is Taylor Quinlan, and I'm a uh, co-hosting for Jackson here. Yeah. So um, let's just give a quick introduction, I guess, of what our um, podcast is about. We're going to be examining questions of like you know self and cosmos, and just really spiritual questions. Um, just trying to figure out you know the nature of life if we can. Just because I really just really enjoy talking about this shit, and you know, I just get a real kick out of it, and um, he's uh, also really into it. And I love, yeah, I, I love researching um, a technique called Zen, which is, and as we'll go into a little bit um, as the podcast develops, but Zen um, being in your full state of awareness and being fully present in the moment. Um, which correlates to anxiety, stress, uh, past trauma. It's just kind of a, a way of putting yourself in the present moment, which really all there is, um, think about it. And stress and anxiety yeah. kind of goes, it's more of a f- future and past ping pong ball, if you think about it. Yeah, a Zen, because I, like, I kind of want to do, like I said earlier, like I want to look more into like Zen. Because uh, <clears throat> one of my favorite movies is uh, The Big Lebowski. And that guy, uh, the dude, the main character, uh, apparently he's actually like a practicer, or, or like a professional Zen person. Looked at him and said that, like that, he's a literally like a professional Zen, or he knows the like way. Like the art. Zen. Yeah. Yeah. And like, can I ask you? Can, can I turn the screen off? Like, or does does uh, can you turn the screen off that it'll still record? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, it still works. Okay. Yeah, it's just kind of like. Yeah, we can cut off that part. All right. Uh, yeah. But, uh, Zen, so, like, can you just kind of explain, because you were saying, like, it's like a ping pong ball. Like, So, the key to being in Zen, the key to being aware, and I've read this from different spiritual teachings. Um, I'm actually, I have a book with me called uh, The Tibetan Book of the Living and the Dying. uh, Yeah, dude. Uh, My dad had that book. Uh, I don't know. He really praised it or something, but I don't really... Maybe if you could explain a little bit more for me. So I'm actually reading it right now, but it, it goes very deep into um, Western tradition and, and kind of uh, the Western... The spirituality of the West and, and how um, they believe in reincarnation and believe like the afterlife is always there with you. Like it's always present with you. Like it's not... Like you're living and you're dying at the same time, and that I feel like it, it kind of goes into uh, to depth about, I guess, how life and death is always happening at every single moment of your of your existence. Like it yeah, is like, just part of who you are. And you know, like it's kind of I've always thought of like existence, like life and death are just like two frames on existence. Like when you die, you don't necessarily stop existing. Like and I think that like a lot of people kind of they wait till they die. They think when they die they're gonna like have this sort of magical revelation, and you know they go to heaven and everything is gonna be explained. But I think that's kind of like an like almost in kind of hyping it up a little bit too much. Because yeah. like when you die, like how, who's not to say? I mean, honestly, it's just another plane of existence. I mean, life. What we need what we need to do is value life more and not like wait for death and wait like everything's going to be revealed because it may not be like i may you know it may just be like 
you know, honestly, I think like when you die, like we have energy, right? We are composed of energy. Right. And uh, when you die, obviously the energy goes somewhere. It goes right? somewhere, it, yeah. It is dissipated. The energy, whatever it is composed of, it dissipates throughout the universe uh, like equally. Like you kind of, you might just become like a little bit of everything, you know? Yeah. And then that also helps other things like contributes to other life forms, uh, you know, like Carl Sagan said, we are made of the stuff that stars are made of. Right, like, right, we are. We might become, the stars became us, and likewise, we might just become the stars. But, you know, it may not really be that great. So it's yeah. kind of like the, you know, valuing, not really just life, just existence in general, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, that kind of goes back to the, uh, the foreplay of the fear of death and how people fear dying, where dying is... It, it's it's sad, but it's also immensely beautiful. Um, it is very, very profound. It is an experience that happens to everyone, so why not accept it as is? And I feel like when you get to that yeah. point where you accept death and that you're just accept, accept, <clears throat> accepting that you are dying at every single moment of your life, then you will be a much happier person. And that fear and weight of fear of death won't impact you and stress you out throughout your life. Yeah. So like this, um, maybe if you could try, kind of help me understand this whole, uh, you know, dying throughout your life. Like, so does that mean to say that every like moment you are simultaneously alive and dead? Like, yeah, yeah. In, so in a sense? you know, they have, there's a saying that you have eight points of your life where you definitely could have died. Like you either did or you didn't. Like they, you have eight points in life where you are very prone to death, um, and they can happen at any moments of your life. Now, obviously, that's subjective. That's just a saying that that would happen. Um, but your death is always imminent. Like no matter how present you are, you will die eventually. Um, and so, why stress about dying? Why have? Why think about dying when it is just something that happens? Just like life. You're like you don't think about life. Like it is something that is just happening right now. It is being here now and being in the present moment and being and and internally realizing that you have a cosmos um, and a universal energy always releasing through your inner body at all times. Like that is yeah. you like you are part of death. You are part of life. You're everything. You are the universe. You are God. You are yes. God. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So like uh, it's interesting you say like you know there are several points in your life where you could have died like sometimes I always wonder like when I get on an airplane like what is there an alternate like reality where this plane did crash and I did actually die like or or is there like I don't know sometimes I'd be driving I feel like because I was I'd be on my phone like a dumbass and I'm like well I probably should have died right then yeah like I really probably should have died right then but for some reason I'm still alive so like what happened I think is like you have one universe where I died and then another universe you know that I lived. Uh, for some reason I'm experiencing the one that I lived, uh, you know, but, um, I also want to talk about, uh, what happened to me yesterday. So, um, because you're kind of saying how like death and life, like it's, you can die in certain points in your life or that kind of mindset. I went yesterday is really foggy, you know, here in Oxford. And by the way, we're, in, we're from Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, you know, yeah, Jackson here. He goes to the uh, the university that I attended. I'm I'm, I'm actually a recent graduate, so I'm kind of out of college now. But um, if you didn't, if you didn't know where the University of Mississippi is, it's located in Oxford, Mississippi, and it's a very growing town too. Yeah, I mean it's a nice town. But anyway, I want to just say um, that. So I went to like Lake Sardis, right? I was kind of bored. I didn't really have uh, much to do. And 
I drove out to Lake Sardis and it was extremely foggy. I don't know if you remember. And like, I went, I'm gonna show you some pictures actually. So like I went out to the, where the dam was, like just a lookout point. Cause I like, you know, I've been trying to, I've been trying to get into meditation recently. I thought, you know, it'd be nice to go out to the lake or kind of a, be in nature and meditate. I didn't know it was gonna be that foggy, but um, I wasn't disappointed, you know. Like there's kind of like, what it was like right there. Yeah, beautiful. And there's a lookout. And then I sat like right on this beach right here. Okay, and that's basically what I saw. I was just looking out into that. This beautiful, this nothingness, yeah. Yeah, I was like, you know, I look, I was like, I was walking down, and there's a huge stair, um, huge staircase going down from like the top of the dam down to the beach. And I was walking down the stairs, I'm like, I feel like I'm dead right now. Like, I really do feel like I'm dead. Like, I feel like this is what people, when they die, this is where they go. Yeah. Or like, and I looked out into that fog, like out in the lake. The lake was deathly calm. Okay, and I was like, is this must be what it must be like to be blind. Like, yeah. Just uh, and I sat there and like meditated, and you know, uh, I did the um, to try to clear my mind of all the, the thoughts. The the like, um chant. Yeah. Well, I was just really just humming, kind of like to clear my mind of everything, you know. Uh, but and I was just really cool. I mean, and I could hear like all the um. The ducks and like everything, like animals. Uh, I just never really heard before. It sounded like something flapping, like a lot in the water. It's kind of weird. I don't know. But the weirdest thing of all, I think the weirdest like phenomenon is that I could see literally like out in the fog. I was looking. I could see you know floaties. Like it was like floaties, but they looked like like atoms or something spinning. Like or it was weird. Like it's like particles spinning, like going crazy. Uh, like, no, nah, I've never seen floaties like that before. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Well, my take on that is you were very, pre <clears throat> in that moment, you were very present and very still. And what uh, could have been happening is, so <clears throat> there is energy that we are unable to see with our actual human eyes. I definitely believe that there's energy in the universe that we can only see through our, what our, what I call our third eye, which is our pineal gland. And what we're... We're able to kind of see energy that is <clears throat> not visible by, I guess, the eye, the eyes of a human being. Like we're not yeah. able to see it. And I, I hate to interrupt you, but I want to bring up an interesting point. Um, so, like, according to like science, according to science, <laughs> we, um, you know, the and you probably know this from like eighth grade, but like uh, there's the electromagnetic spectrum, and then there's visible light, which you do see, and we only see the visible light out of like the entire electromagnetic spectrum which is like everything, everything from x-rays to gamma rays so like literally we're blind yeah like if we could see like you know if we could see all of the x-rays and all of the shit that like is coming from our phones that's just like going through the air if we could see the microwaves that are coming from your phone to your airpods you wouldn't wear airpods yeah, you you wear see, your it, yeah. it goes from it goes from this end out through this end it goes literally going through your fucking brain Nah, or it's either if it's not doing that, it's definitely going up from your phone into your like head, and uh, and this is totally off topic. But when I put on AirPods, I did not feel right. Okay, I could like, I mean, maybe it's just confirmation bias because I'd already suspected that, but like, I don't know, it just it just felt weird. Don't I don't trust AirPods, uh, and I really think if we could see like what all the different forms of energy, we wouldn't be like so caught up. We would we wouldn't have like we wouldn't trust phones anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, we yeah. Would, yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, so there, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever heard of the chakras, the chakras in your body, you have uh, the root chakra, you have the, the uh, sacral chakra, which is the root is basically your, like, you are that 
person. You've gone through that in life. That's what you grow up. The sacral is your creativity, uh, what you create. Um, you have your solar plexus is kind of what you share within the world, kind of uh, <clears throat> information that you value to others and you put on others and perceive that. Um, your heart chakra, which is how you love people. Your throat chakra, which is how you communicate with people. Your third eye, obviously, I just talked about that, which is uh, the pineal gland and is your intuition, seeing your, your wisdom and being able to see yourself from a different perspective. And then you have uh, <clears throat> the God chakra, which is like uh, God himself and you know your connection with the divine. Um, but... <clears throat> I feel like phones block your chakras. Whenever you're, uh, yeah, dude. Whenever you are um, looking at your phone, you're looking at a laptop. What it is is you're perceiving something that is an illusion. Like you are literally looking at something that is an illusion. I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it 100% blocks the energy within you. Whenever you are using your phone constantly, or you're on your laptop all day, every day, not getting an experience away from perceiving your laptop. Um, and the same thing with nicotine vapes. Uh, nicotine vapes do it, you know, um, alcohol can do it in, in large quantities whenever you drink alcohol. There's there's a lot of things out there that lower your energy that people aren't aware of. Because um, looking at your phone constantly is definitely going to lower your energy. It's going to make you less focused. Um, it's harder to read on your iPhone. It's harder to read on your iPad. Yeah, and like to, to it. yeah, I totally agree, man. And like coming at it even from like more of a, uh, I guess again like a scientific pr- uh, perspective, like when you the more that you're on your phone, okay, the more that we rely on technology to uh, recall information. And I'm totally like, I do this a lot, okay. I'm do as I say, not as I do as I preach, not as I do. Okay, <laughs> but like the more that we use our phones, use you know the internet to look up information the less that we actually have to work in our heads to recall the information right so it literally makes us like dumber and it's kind of interesting like it makes us dumber but like if you look at it from a whole like the machines like we are becoming more and more of an interconnected like just thinking machine like all of us all of our thoughts are becoming more like connected because like just the internet, everybody else puts their thoughts on the internet, then you read those thoughts. You don't actually do thinking in your own, of your own, you know. And that's kind of what I want to get more into. And what I've done, uh, I've been trying to do is, are two things that I've been trying to kind of cut from my life uh, that are very, very, like, well, one of them is very, definitely harmful. The other one, not so much. One of them that's very harmful is pornography. Uh, that Which is, everyone, everyone is addicted to. Everyone, like. Everyone every, goes through that. You know? Everyone goes through that. I mean, you're probably, you're a lot older than me. You yeah, probably, so you're, young, you're younger than me. So I, at your age, I was definitely into pornography. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's just the way it is. It Now, it is very, very toxic because what it does is it kind of ruins your perception of sex. It kind of, yeah, it ruins your perception. It not necessarily makes you like more lustful, which is cannot nece- it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like it's whatever you want in life. You know, if you wanted to be that person who had multiple girlfriends, you know, lust isn't a bad thing. Like a lot of people see it as a bad thing because that's what just is in the Bible, which will go on later down the road, um, how the Bible is also very subjective and how religion, the, the viewpoints of things <clears throat> talked about in religion are like very subjective and how they are kind of objectifying like one main thing. Um, but yeah, pornography, I definitely agree that takes a staple in your mind. Like it, like, first of all, it makes you, it, it 
makes you kind of view women differently. Yeah, no, it's a, it makes it, it makes you view them more like a, as objects, right? Because like, right. a lot of girls watch porn too, and it, the same effect right. kind of applies. So I'm, I'm, I don't mess with this phone a lot. I'm just paranoid because now, now you're okay. Man. It would suck if it stopped recording. It's just like, that's kind of distracting, but at the same time, I, I just rather know that it's anyway. So like, yeah. So um, pornography for the first, I mean. First off, it releases an unnatural amount of dopamine in your brain that, you know, dopamine is the same, it lights up the same areas of your brain as like, as do cocaine and like other, like nicotine. So that's kind of a red flag there. And then also it's just, the thing that turned me off from it the most is just like researching how the actual workings of the pornography industry, like uh, Pornhub. Brutal. Is a, it's, yeah, they're a multi-million dollar industry and they allow... They literally allow um, like child uh, and like child sex, molestation, child molestation, like, like you know, yeah. underage um, sex trafficking. They it's like and some of these videos are like uh, Pornhub verified or community verified. So yeah. like it's it's pretty bad and like just the sex workers get treated like shit. They don't get paid a lot. Um, men are for like who are straight getting paid to do gay sex. They're taking a shit ton of Viagra, and over the years, their penises become like, like dysfunctional yeah, because of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Viagra that they're pumping. Like, it's not taking. funny. It's just kind of sad. You know, it just sucks. Like, yeah, you know, it just so sucks. Fuck, I'm not gonna like contribute to that uh, system. I'm not gonna like give that site or any of those sites views. Uh, because like it's just bad karma. Like, it is it's, bad, like, bad karma. energy. Bad energy yeah. in, bad energy out. Yeah. And so that porn, obviously, you know, um, if you don't know, porn is pretty bad for you. Not like not coming from like a religious no, thou shalt not do it standpoint, but just from a healthy perspective. I I, I highly advise you to uh, stop. Just. Try to cut that shit out of your life. See, uh, one thing going, I... Going cold turkey is probably... It's not going to work the first time, but over, gradually over time, you'll eventually just kind of fade it out of your life. Um, and then the second thing that I've uh, kind of experimented with uh, now... Hear me out now. This is kind of a controversial one because everybody likes it, but music. Okay. Not live music, okay, but like music from speakers, music from uh, earbuds, uh, because I just like... I'm, I'm thinking about it. I think about it this way. Okay, those earbuds were made in a factory in China, probably by a really underpaid workers, uh, damn near slaves, right? Yeah. The earbuds get shipped to you, and then you 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 put the earbuds in your like your ears, and you listen to that music. Okay, I think that's just kind of like I just kind of suspect that you're getting bad energy. Okay, and like um, I've been wanting to experiment. What what's it like to not listen to like my music basically every day, and I. Like I've been for the past like I think month I'm not like not listening to any music from my uh, like my earbuds not from my in my car I've been listening like you know forced to listen to other people's music but not my own not the music that gives me a dopamine rush and I can tell like I don't know I feel a little bit like of a difference like I feel kind of like better you know what I mean and like the less that you listen the less that you listen to uh, man-made music the more that you can actually open your ears to the music of nature that makes like, sense yeah yeah now of course like this differs from like going to a concert or like uh, or there's like organic instruments like I feel like that's a little bit more like like I play guitar and music it has always been a big part of my life ever since I was like six and playing guitar that is not only just a musical experience that I listen to music for pleasure, but also like a meditative experiment. I mean, med meditative experience where I put all of my energy 
to playing guitar and it's just you know and it's that real it's something about that real acoustic sound yeah know? yeah and like this is something that separates that from like speakers from like electronic noise i can't really it, number one like the resonance from the the instruments it just sounds better like i can tell like because i was in band i was in an orchestra for a long time uh and it's just there's something about that versus like you know the music on the radio i just I can't. It just feels more. It's more natural. Natural. Yeah. yeah. You know, and especially when you know that there's musicians that are like really uh, putting their breath into these instruments. It's like their breath, you know, and like fifty breaths in harmony, like coming out through the the metal pipes, and you know, it's just like I don't know, you know, versus like an electric guitar, which I love electric guitars, but you know, it still just sounds like I don't know. It makes your it messes fucks with your chakras. Maybe it blocks with your chakras. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, see, I uh, I have a kind of a different perspective. Um, see, I I listen to a lot of meditation frequency and a lot of uh, things when I when I meditate. Four thirty two hertz. Yeah, four thirty two or five twenty eight. Um, but I've definitely noticed, and this is kind of going back to what you were talking about, is whenever I like to walk down nature trails, and whenever I do have music playing it is a significant difference in the amount of in the experience than if i was just listening to nature itself walking down like it is a huge honestly kind of like an illusion like i'm not listening to i'm perceiving all this great nature but i'm not listening to nature i'm not feeling nature i'm not becoming one with nature um really and i think it, it it's very it's very uh diversifying subject I, I do agree with you that music through speaker phones music through headphones and different technologies is a lot different than actually hearing music happen like itself and with the the, the human mind actually performing music and it you know being a live experience and I've heard on uh, multiple podcasts the same thing that <clears throat> there was a Joe Rogan podcast I was listening to and he talks about um the live live performances uh, versus YouTube performances and YouTube performances on on live and YouTube and he said that he definitely definitely feels a different internal energy when he listens yeah. to um, live music than well, when it's live it's an experience like it's yeah. not only like when you listen to music live versus you listen to music on like just on YouTube it's more it's like actually it's more than just the music it's yeah. the experience it's the culture the people that are all there that like that music yeah. or you know or not I don't know it's just like it's an atmosphere um, you know and I you know I'm quick to like I don't know cut music out kind of like from my life at least from like earbuds and car radios but I mean I understand that I still have a lot to learn I mean maybe that's not because it's kind of like it goes to this contradiction where it's like I want to be like I want to kind of like cleanse myself of things that like are not natural, you know. Yeah. Cleanse myself of things that are man-made, um, because I just have this hunch that they're unhealthy. Yeah. And, which it's not. It's more than a hunch. I mean, it's true. A lot of things that are man-made are yeah. unhealthy. But on the same token, a lot of things in nature are totally unhealthy and will kill you yeah. if you eat them. So it's like, you know, is man-made stuff not nature as well? You know, is just because it's, I mean, we, everything that we create comes from nature. Yeah. Like, this phone uh, came from nature. You know, I mean, it's like. I feel like um, humans kind of built off something. I, humans kind of bit, built off nothing. Like, we, we made, 
we created this we created our own anxieties by everything that we've created like everything that the mind has created it has created anxiety like think about it too the first part when the first part of human existence when there was just human and human alone and human in nature yeah there was i'm sure there was no anxiety going through their mind they were like holy fuck look at this this is amazing that's 99 percent of our existence like 99 percent. if we were to compress um if we look at human history and span 24 hours um civilization from the sumerians to now would be like uh 1156 to midnight or something like that yeah. it, it, it probably that could be a little wrong but um or maybe a lot off i don't know but definitely the majority of our existence was being with nature as like hunter gatherers and whatnot yeah and people um, who i guess people who were uh surviving you know yeah not thriving but surviving now it's not a, it wasn't an easier life Okay, it was hard. Okay, I mean, it was survival, but at the same time, you know, it may not have been an easier life, but was it a better life? You know, yeah. it may have been more challenging, but was the experience overall less mundane, more like just well-rounded? Yeah, you know, you're more like this is it, and I'm embracing in this. Yeah, you were like you're just like living like an animal. Yeah, you know? like um, we seem to have kind of forgotten that in this society. Yeah, a little bit. I definitely agree. I definitely yeah. think that we have um, we have been lost in too much of what the media says and what the the people at school say. You know, this the people that we are, involve ourselves around every single minute of the day. I feel like their underlying opinions have kind of shaped other people's opinions, and it's all <clears throat> which I'm going to go more into. Um, it's the collective unconscious and it's the yeah. collection of everything. It's the collection of thought um, over time will be in every human's thought patterns. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the collective ego, but we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm familiar with like Carl Jung, like collective unconscious a little bit, I yeah. mean, but I definitely have to learn, look more into it. Um, and you know, yeah, I mean, I think I was reading an article like from my class actually yesterday, and we kind of we dealt in my class like uh, we kind of think about stuff like this as well, um, and like how, like, we all kind of our thoughts are more or less shared. Like all of our information, like we we don't have any original, truly original thoughts. Yeah, like, everything comes from somebody else, or if it's a combination of somebody else's thoughts, um, and because that's because like humans are evolved for a thing called like hyper sociability. Yeah. Because, like, we depend on each other so much. We are the single most social creatures on the face of planet Earth. Right, right. Second to probably bonobos, who literally have sex, like, 20, like, the entire day. Yeah. Okay. But, yes, humans, like, for instance, if you leave a baby, if you strand, leave a baby stranded out in the woods for, like, um, you know, until, for six months, it will die. That's... We are vastly unique to us because most other animals like deer, if you leave a cub out in the woods for six months, it can actually survive more or less on its own. Yeah. You know, um, so we depend on each other so much. Like we're so weak that we have, uh, we, we compensate for that with our brains and our sociability. And that kind of like, you know, led down a rabbit hole to how we kind of evolved to, uh, to be what we are today. Right, right. Uh, but we depend on each other so much. And so all of our thoughts... Like, you know, we think as a group. Like right. We think together and, I don't know, it's just that's where group mentality comes from. It's like, it doesn't matter. Logic doesn't matter. 
the logic of the situation literally does not matter. It's mad, what matters is what the group thinks. The group thinks, Because yeah. you are not trying to get ostracized from the group. Right. If you if you do like if you believe something or whatever, if you say something different, that risk puts you at risk for being left out of the tribe. Being left out of the label. Left out on your own in the woods by yourself. You weak son of a bitch, and you're gonna get killed by a saber tooth. Yeah. So <laughs> you, it's not like that's, and I know this was like thousands of years ago, but like our evolutionary speaking, like we, I was like yesterday, and you know, like that's why facts don't really change people's minds. Like, it doesn't matter, like, if you go to somebody with really deep-set beliefs and you, like, try to, like, argue your way out of them, if they've committed themselves to this idea and they have, a, most importantly, they have a group of people that they know that are, they are involved with, like, their family, their friends, like, they will not change their mind. It doesn't matter what the fuck you tell them. They're right. not going to change their mind. Right. You know, so, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree that, um, kind of like going back to the hunter-gatherers, you know, if you weren't part of the... You weren't part of the tribe, and this goes back to the root chakra and who you surround yourself with. But if you weren't part of the tribe, then you were nobody, and then you were going to die, like you were left for dead. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think that's how humans evolved. Like, we evolved and we adapted to our labels and, like, being associated with groups, with other people, um, and not enough, I guess, independency and, and being able to survive on our own without anything and anyone. It kind of. Uh, <clears throat> have you ever seen I Am Legend? Uh, like the Will Smith. Yeah. And the dog dies. It's really sad. Yeah. So that's um that's a good example is when whenever he his dog dies all that crazy stuff happens to him. Um, like and he just does he go insane? I've never really seen the movie in like. I, I've only seen it once. I personally don't remember exactly what happens, but he his dog dies and he basically like his dog was a need like he needed his dog you know what I mean? yeah. And, Eventually he died, um, but <clears throat> yeah, it's. I agree. Like it going through stages of life, I feel like we identify too much with our groups and our labels instead of just being us and just being one with the universe and knowing that what the universe has is not obviously it isn't other people, but we don't need other people to satisfy ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I kind of have a point of contention there because, like, it's impossible, first off, for a single person to, like, survive on their own. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I take that with a grant. There have been people that do it, and there's people that do it a lot, but it's really hard. And it's not, like, if you're going to go out and live in the wilderness, you want to be with the group, at least. Yeah. Right? So, I think it's not so much as, like, trying to be independent from everybody else and be with the universe. It's, I think the key is to try to find a group of people that get you and that get the importance of being one with nature, one with the universe. Yes. And that, and then you can and build on each other. Yeah, then it multiplies. The knowledge multiplies and then you can like, I don't know, build off of each other, gain knowledge from each other, wisdom right. from each other. Kind of like a know. good relationship. Like, yeah. a good relationship is when two people know each other's uh sense of intuition you know they are completely present with each other but they're able to build off that presence and they're able to um kind of like uh like playing with the the new new box of legos you know what i mean yeah kind of building off of that um like a column yeah so, um, why don't you um, talk about some of these books here, if you have... So, I have three books. Uh, one, <clears throat> it's called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And this uh, goes more into the collective unconscious and um, how 
the ego uh, stands and basically stands in our way of everything that we do. Um, our ego is our thoughts. Our ego is our um, labeling in society. Our ego is just everything. Our our background in life. You know what we've been through in the past. Our ego attaches to that, and it kind of talks about uh, this thing that I, I I referred to as ego death. And what ego death is, um, I can read a. Uh, it's basically when you become aware that you do not need at any attachments in life, whether it be money, whether it be um, personal connections, whether it be your family, your friends, you don't need nothing and you are already destined to die and accepting that and being grateful for that. That's what ego death is. So ego death is just like... It, you don't need attachments to anybody. Yeah, yeah, like you don't need attachments to like anything that, that you are nothing. But by like by attachments, what, do you mean like no dependency? Like he's advocating complete independence. No, no, like attachment, like meaning that I, I am higher awareness. I am not my thought. I am not my mind. I am. I'm the, the awareness. You know, I'm the awareness. Yeah, the universe. I'm the the awareness behind my mind. Like I. Think about it. Okay, so if we are aware of thought, then where is that awareness coming from? If we're aware of our thoughts happening, like I can sit here and I can see a thought going through my mind, that awareness is coming from somewhere. You know, that is our awareness. That's who we are. That is truly who we are. Yeah, like the, your higher self. Your higher self, and yes. I kind of like did, I've been doing the past couple of days, like kind of a, a thought experiment. And because I've been thinking a lot about the, like the ego and its role and like my personality and my life and everything. I was like, well, what if I could completely eliminate, try to eliminate the ego? Like, I mean, I don't know if that's possible. I don't really know. It is I, possible. Um, it is? Yeah, so we won't go more onto the subjects. I know. Um, Sure, there's a lot of family and a lot of background, but there have are traditional medicines that have been used um, to diminish the ego completely. And there are tools called psychedelics, and a lot of people like to reference them as drugs, um, but I don't. I think they're tools personally. Um, and what these psychedelics do is they allow you to glimpse individual. I guess like a, a transcendence that you wouldn't be able to um, accomplish on the normal society, societal plane. I, I mean, you could do it through meditation, through long years of meditation. People have, uh, specifically Tibetan monks, have accomplished this thing called ego death through long years of meditation, you know, meditating for 20 years and, and being very strict on themselves. Um, but also you could do it to the tool uh through tools such as uh ayahuasca dmt and um psilocybin which are commonly referred to as ma magic mushrooms and um it's a very interesting topic because it uh it's very a very well regulated law here to not talk about these substances um or even have these substances on you and i think that's Kind of where the CIA, I feel like the CIA kind of knows the uh, secrets behind these tools that are being used. Yeah. And um, they know that they're able to uh, make you transcend reality and, and see what reality actually is and kind of what your awareness. Yeah, man. Um, I don't, as far as like that uh, use of those you know, substances myself, I, I don't know... Um, if I'm actually willing to, you know, do that. Yeah, yeah. I, because, you know, I, but, like, I see 
um, where you're coming from. I have a friend, I won't mention his name, but he said that he uh, went to a rave party and he was on Molly, okay? And he said that he was able to see himself in the third person, quite literally. And he could, like, kind of, like, he looked at himself different. He said that he, like, he was aware, suddenly made aware of his flaws, uh, like, as a person. But he, and he was just like, okay, well, these, you know, he became more, like, accepting of himself, I think. And it's more, way more easy to, like, uh, socialize with people. Uh, now, this this uh, idea of like seeing yourself in the third person is very intriguing, and I've been trying to like, like I was saying the past couple of days, do an interesting thought experiment. Every time that you have a thought, when you just say the word I, try to eliminate the use of the first person pronoun. Say he. Okay, like he, like ow, my foot. Uh, his foot hurt. <laughs> yeah, like, that's and smart. so like it's almost like you're seeing yourself in the third person. Your life is being narrated by like. God or something. Yeah. So you become God basically looking at yourself and it's, the omni view. Yeah, and like and kinda like whenever you get into a tough situation or whatever, if you switch to that kind of mindset, you literally it's like you're playing literally exactly like you're playing a video game with yourself because you suddenly don't really care about yourself as much, just as how you don't care about Michael or Trevor in GTA when you're driving a car off a cliff. Right. Or right. Like some crazy shit or robbing a bank. Like it's not like you don't really identify with uh, the character you know, and I think that like your ego, as far as definitions, my personal like belief so far, it could be expanded. It's like the ego is, is you, everything you, including your thoughts, everything you. That's your ego. Yes. Your higher like, and it's, I think it's kind of like, when people talk about the higher self, that's kind of misses the point because you're not your actual quote unquote higher self is not yourself. It's your everything. And you can kind of you can kind of tap into this when you think like when you probably you take uh, psychedelics. I haven't. I can't speak on it. Um, but uh, or when you think of yourself or you think in the third person. Uh, but I don't think that you can really like truly eliminate your ego because to el- truly eliminate your ego, I think literally just means death. Yeah. Like, when you die, that's when when you die, that's when your ego dies because you are your ego. Yeah. I don't know if you can really escape it. So I have a uh, thought, right, or I have a, a quote right here. So ego is a conglomeration of recurring thought forms and conditioned men- uh, mental emotional patterns that are invested with a sense of I, a sense of self. So our ego, you're right, you're right. Um, there's only very few people that have diminished their ego completely, like Jesus, Buddha, spiritual teachers um, that obviously normal people. Yeah. When I say normal people, People can't accomplish it, but... Well, how, first of all, how do we know for sure that Jesus and Buddha and maybe Muhammad and, like, you know, that they... How do we know for sure that they... You know, we don't completely know. Don't reduce yeah, we don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe they, sure. like, they had an insight and they knew what was up, but, I mean, I don't know. And did they actually reduce their ego? I mean... Well, there's... Uh, so there's a teaching... Um, I definitely believe that Jesus was a real guy because um, there's historical evidence for him existing. Uh, regardless if he was really like the son of God and was taken to heaven by angels or whatever, is up for de- you know debate. I don't really necessarily believe in that. But I do believe in what he said. Um, unfortunately, I think that what he said was used by institutions of power to kind of control people. Right, yeah. And a lot of what he said was manipulated. Caused a, a lot of wars. Yeah, I and who say. knows what he... We'll never really know maybe what he actually was saying. He could have been saying some really insight, like shit that is not in the Bible because they literally did not want people to hear that. Because right. Because it would make them... He probably... He could have said... 
I mean, talking about questioning authority, don't, you know, be a master of yourself. Don't let other people master you. You could have been talking that kind of stuff. And, like, he probably was because he was crucified by yeah. the Romans. So, yeah. Who knows? But um, well, did he eliminate his ego completely? I don't I do know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, I do not know. I want you to realize and accept that all <clears throat> structures form. And I want you to kind of think about this thought for a second or what this quote. Once you realize and accept that all structures, forms are unstable, even the seemingly solid material ones, peace arises within you. This is because of the recognition of the impermanence of the all forms of all forms awakens you to the dimension of the formless within yourself that which is beyond death. Jesus calls it eternal life. So we're always we're always experiencing eternal life right now and right here. And the only thing that is kind of uh throwing the the book over the bookshelf there is our thoughts um our ego yeah i yeah i don't know man it's really i mean for me maybe i don't just sometimes i think that my brain like my brain as a human is just not meant to like understand this kind of shit yeah not all of it completely and that's kind of what keeps adds the mystery to life and maybe like keeps the will to live is like you know trying to unsolve the mystery like, because I remember, like, because, like, I was saying yesterday, I went to the the beach. It was really foggy. I felt like, I did kind of feel like I was dead or something. I was like, well, if I'm going to, like, I, because I wanted to figure out, like, you know, um, I was asking these kind of same questions in my head. Like, you know, uh, what, who, I was trying to figure out, like, who am I? Why am I here? What, basically, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I sat, and I literally sat on a rock for, like, uh, 30 minutes, and I was just thinking, like, I don't know, just like, because I felt like if I was supposed to gonna have like some sort of revelation or whatever, I was gonna have it then. Because I, I don't know, it just felt right. But nothing really. I, I guess like it just came to the conclusion. Like I looked at the ducks and like looked at the birds, and I'm like, I thought, you know, do they really think about this? Do they care? No, they're just they don't, still. They don't really. They don't really have a consciousness. Really, they just. Uh, I don't even think that they know that they're gonna die. Yeah, like, they just should live. And I'm like, well. Maybe it's just not meant for me to know. Like, maybe, like, you know, what what is going on? Why was I, like, why did I enter this plane of existence? Like, you know, that's not going to... Because if that was revealed to me, then, like, I wouldn't have a purpose to live anymore. Right. I wouldn't have a reason to live. Right. So, because, you know, I'd just be like, fuck it. Kind of like the new movie, uh, the new movie Soul. I don't know if you've ever seen the new movie Soul with... Uh... Uh, no, I haven't. I've seen trailers and stuff for it, but I haven't really. That's a it. really good movie. It, it, it basically sees uh, that his perfect purpose in life hasn't been fulfilled, so he's a soul that is about to experience death and imminent death, and he like goes into this uh, this place where the formless exists. It, it's an interesting movie. It's hard to describe, but it um, it kind of talks about uh, spirituality a little bit. Like it, yeah. it's a new it's a new pair of Paramount film and it's very uh very very high rated. It's like it's Dis- I think it's Disney. I think it's, it's I think it's Disney. Yeah, Disney. It's or an Pixar. animated movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah, it's a think, cool movie. I didn't think Disney wanted people to think about this kind of shit because they're trying to they're a giant mega corporation. They own everything, dude. Yeah. To, yeah, Disney owns a lot. They're that's the propaganda mill propaganda millhouse right now. Well, uh, we'll leave off on some questions. Do you think? Uh, do you think corporations know so like consumer behavior is a very very psychological thing and do you think yeah. corporations kind of know you know the human mind and they're able to capitalize off that well here's the thing if these CEOs of the corporations really were like new 
as much as we think they know about spirituality and knowing the human mind, they wouldn't be CEOs. Yeah. Because that is such an unvirtuous thing to like want to strive to be and to be a millionaire, to have like to attach yourself to the, the material possessions. Like I think that in honestly the consumers that they are brainwashing are in some aspects or no, definitely are probably more woke than they are you know what I mean yeah. like Jeff Bezos do you think he gives a shit about this kind of stuff he probably, he probably claims he does but if you are that like if you are have a mansion and you're a billionaire you just I feel like you just don't get it okay. yeah. like you just don't but as far as like businesses or you know multinational businesses using marketing tactics to like click and get to subconsciously war. subconsciously get into people's heads yeah totally yeah. I mean uh, I think honestly, more it's more of just um, because that's all we've ever known. Like the society we live in, the values, the things that we value, what we were told to value, not told to value, just expected to value. That's all we've ever known. That's all our uh, parents ever knew. That's all our grandparents ever knew. So it's kind of hard to get out of that, you know. Right. Uh, but who knows what these, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, who knows what know? these um, these very high? I would say. Very well-known people who know knows what they know because Amazon. I guarantee you that a third of the world's population know what Amazon is. I guarantee that's a lot. That's a lot of people. So probably about two to three billion people know what Amazon is. You know, what's weird is that they. um, I forget where it was. It was some like town in America, but I think more school children recognize the McDonald's golden arches than they did the the cross for Jesus. That's sad. (laughs) That's <laughs> sad. That's, it's not funny, but I it is funny to think about that nowadays that uh, corporations are higher than religion. Like yeah, like you're able to see McDonald's and that McDonald's is like a religion in itself. Like <laughs> yeah, and you know, on the same token though, I mean, it's not just corporations. It's you know when you, it's the government as well. Like, yeah, because. At least in this society, I believe, like, it's often we are portrayed on the news as, as almost there is a struggle between corporations and the government. Should there be more government control? Should there be more freedom for corporations to do whatever they want? Like, <laughs> well, y'all, corporations wouldn't be able to, like, exist and prosper without, first of all, the money that the government prints. Right. Okay, and without the policies that the government, ins- like, ins- like uh the policies that the government does or enacts that allows the corporations to get where they are. So although they might, the governments might enact some sort of restrictions on the corporations to try to make it look like they're, you know, they really care about the workers' rights, whatever. That's bullshit. They don't care. They They don't don't care. care. You know, and so, like, for instance, like the Republican Party is supposed to be the party of, you know, corporations or, like, letting... um, Corporation like no less taxes, what you know, whatnot, and more government intervention. Less government intervention in the corporate life, more government intervention in the personal life. And whereas the Democrats are like supposed to be less, more government intervention in the corporate life, less government intervention in the personal life. But it's like the government. I mean, the Democratic Party and the uh, Republican Party. There's no right or wrong. <laughs> the Republican, the, both of those parties, like what most Americans don't realize, is they're literally almost the same party. Yeah. Like if you look at them, like we think that the Demo- well, most people think, oh, Democrats are so liberal and Republicans are so conservative. Like no, they're actually both really pretty conservative if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Like they're both they're both the party of big business. Uh, uh, the Democrats. The, I mean, the Republicans are just, you know, claim to be just conservatives, right? Right. And so they're pretty straightforward. We want, like, corporations. We're not, like, 
Well, they never really come out and say that we're against like civil rights and stuff, but you get the idea. Yeah. The Democrats, on the other hand, are almost worse because it's like they claim to be for like uh, civil rights, they claim to be for workers' rights, they claim to be for you know, expanded health care, but it's like they're hypocrites. It's not like they might give more health care, like Obama gave like a lot more health care, you know, Obamacare, but I mean, like it's just putting a band aid over the real gap in material conditions. We have the worst healthcare in the Western world. Okay? We do. <laughs> Absolute worst healthcare. And I know you didn't want to talk about politics on this podcast, but like, I think that, you know, our spirituality. There's a like, good reach. Spir- spirituality, pe- people who are spiritual can like transcend that bullshit. Yeah. Like, most of the shit on the media, like, is fake. Okay. Like, I'm not a, like, you know, Donald Trump fan, like, fake news, but like, I think that Fox News and CNN, all of it doesn't, like, Matter. It's just a game. It's just a game. It's just a yeah, game. it's a simulation. It's a yeah, it's it's like watching like I like I'm 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 watching it. I'm like, dude, this is more interesting than a than a game show. This is no, a they game make show. it. They make it entertainment, and yeah. they make you believe that you have like so you're some part of some narrative. You're some you're part of some destiny. Uh, like you know, the evil bad Trump is out. Yes, we've won. Like, no, you haven't. It's the same bullshit again. Yeah. Like, just... It's recurring. <laughs> like, they make it so, like, entertaining. It's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm just being fed some... Some lies. Uh, bullshit, just like, I don't know. Some dystopian novel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Living, yeah, living in this time is definitely very dystopian. I feel like we can all write a journal on our experiences from 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, they've just made it more and more. They just figured out, because now mass media, social media, they've they've always been at, like, they've always known how to, like, manipulate people, but now they can do it on such a large in scale where it literally invades our life Right. every day. There's no, you can't, like, you know, during when Trump is president, I could not go one day without... Seeing Donald that. Trump on the news, something shit about Trump. Like I do, like I literally do not give a fuck about this orange man. I don't like. I don't care. He yeah. lives, and you know, I really, honestly, I've never met the guy. Yeah, I've never, like, you know, God. Yeah, I've never met the guy. He lives like thousands of miles away. Yeah. We shouldn't. None of us should really know that yeah. these people even exist. But yet we're force fed this bullshit. Yeah, it's just bullshit. It's all bullshit. I mean, you know, and I'm young and naive, okay, and I still have a lot to learn about how the world works and everything, and I do, I don't... Dude, in my opinion, age doesn't matter. Yeah, but but experience matters. Experience doesn't matter, Wisdom totally matters, and, you know, I still, I do think that it's not necessarily all of an illusion. There's definitely some real things, and there's definitely some things that the Democrats or whatever they're doing that are better, like, you know, I mean... By, for instance, Biden today just uh, repealed the ban on transgender military service. Like, and most people would think that's a good thing. To me, it's like, okay, but like, the military itself is like, you know, a system. It is the vehicle through which an imperialist power can submit its impre- like, oppression upon the other, yeah. in all areas of the world. Like, the military, like... It's meant for war. <laughs> it's meant for war. Like, and yeah. I hate to get on here and like, you know, diss the military. I know if a lot of you listeners are, uh, you know, pro-military or whatever, or you have family members in the military. I'm not dissing the individuals in the military. I think that the individuals in the military can be like, you know, great people. It's just that I'm criticizing the system. Okay, I'm criticizing the military, the system of the military, not the people in the military. Right. Okay? Like, and you know, and a lot of students, especially like young people that go into military. They're fed this bullshit about getting, like, you know, it's just like a, they're going to get their college paid for, and that's what usually, like, sucks them in, you know. Or it's like, 
their whole their family was in the military. They want to fulfill like a sense of duty or honor uh, to the country, which, uh, in my opinion, is kind of artificially. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of like I don't know. It's but, I mean, the military, like we could. I mean, not to say that like a a unit of defense, like community defense, or people that band together to defend, like the people that you love, the you know your community, your society. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just when you have such a uh, hierarchical, weaponized, you know, technological and just overly dominant just power, like just powerhouse that has ridiculous amount of influence on the world. I think that's just when it gets a little bit excessive. Okay? Yeah, I like, agree, man. I don't know. We could just as easily have like militias here, you know. Think about like what happened in Vietnam where we were the most and even Revolutionary War, we were the most powerful or in Vietnam case, we were the most powerful country in the world. The British Empire, most powerful country in the world, tried to invade this tiny little country, these tiny little colonies with these farmers, basically. But they couldn't because it was intense guerrilla warfare. And, you know, uh, it's just when you try, when an invading power, no matter how powerful it is, tries to overcome a native population, it's very difficult. It is. Like, and they, you know... Now, they do win sometimes, and that's, you know, a risk to be considered. But, I mean, it's very, you know, very uh, interesting thought. I mean, yeah. could, I mean, I think that we could definitely do away with a lot of, of the excessive shit in the military that we have now. I'm not necessarily advocating it must be an all-guerrilla, uh, you know, force. Because being a guerrilla not is not a fun experience, okay? But um, just... Like not we don't we have no business in these other parts of the world. Yeah, we don't. We don't like you know, what the what are we doing in Iraq? Like what the reason that there are there is terrorism is because when we like because we were fucking around there in the first place. Like after I think like nineteen seventies or like no it was really after the creation of Israel and they wanted to like be the kind of the dominant power. Now I don't know. I'm not like I'm not anti-Semitic or anything. Uh, the Jewish religion is awesome. The government of Israel kind of sucks. They kind of really uh, screwed over a lot of people. They ethnically displaced a lot of uh, native Muslims there and moved them, forced them out of their house to create that area. Um, and they like, they, I mean, they just shoot civilians all the time. It's not a, I don't like the government of Israel in particular. And I think that this, that, that creation of that country has a lot to do with our policy in the Middle East. Yeah. Like, because um, think about it, there was no bullshit in the Middle East before the creation of Israel. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and then we sent troops over there, and then that kind of sparked a uh, backlash from these. You know, well, they say that Israel is the or the people there are. I guess uh, if you read the Bible, they're the people of God. Yeah. Um, that Jew, and I definitely believe that they are the people of God. I definitely believe that the Jewish are the people of God. But what that what makes that what makes other people not the people of God? You, you see? Yeah, I know. It's just, I don't know. All right, anyway. man. Um, do you have anything else? Any other questions? Oh, I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to say, you know, um, when we went over to the Middle East and, like, started, you know, just messing around, basically, it was probably motivated a lot by oil, of course. Um, those, these radical, like, fundamentalists got pissed because we were there in the first place. And then that is why... They, you know, the Mujahideen uh, kind of like they were already formed, but that's why they formed Al Qaeda and they came and 9 11 happened. Right. It wasn't necessarily that 9 11 happened just out of the blue. It's because we were 
like mess fucking around there in the first place. Right, we're in their country, yeah. right? So yeah, I'm kind of as, as far as U.S. foreign policy goes. I think we need to just stay the fuck out of everybody else's business. <laughs> yeah, honestly, because we have no business. Yeah, it's we, kind of imperialist in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. But anyway, I hate to. I know you didn't want to talk about politics on this. Oh no, you're fine. But you see how, gotta, like, see, look, you see how it inevitably leads to talking about politics. Yeah, it's almost like it really is all interconnected. In a way. Yeah, like it is. I mean, and like I said, people who are spiritual can, and it really taps into their spirituality, can kind of see through all the bullshit that we're fed by uh, media, by corporations, by the government on a daily basis. Right. So you know that's why spirituality. It's just I praise it so much, and I, I really try to be a spiritual person. Yeah, yeah, because it's gonna it's gonna make you throw all the labels out and recognize you for who you truly are and, and what everything kind of is. We forgot to talk about the food rescue. Oh yeah, so we're gonna kind of end it off on uh, talking about. Yeah, we should have <laughs> said it in the first. I really we should have said it in the first. Like, so so. But anyway, you're saying. Um, we're we're gonna talk about um our the mission of the Flower of Life Food Solidar. Solidarity, um, and that it's based out of Oxford, Mississippi, and it is a um, a cross uh, between Food Not Bombs and uh, the the organization that Jackson MacArthur here uh, created, and he wanted to talk about a little bit about that and his mission. All right. So basically, what happened was I was inspired by uh, this group called Food Not Bombs. Uh, it's you probably I'm sure. A lot of people are familiar with it. It's, you know, what they do basically is they try to eliminate food waste um, by, because our society, our, in the United States, wastes so much food. Okay, like 40% of food is wasted, not only on just in restaurants, not just from people not eating their food, but like the United States actually exports most of the food that it grows. So most food doesn't go to its own people, it goes overseas for profit. And that is just, I mean, we have a huge. Uh, food problem or food shortage like, problem in this country. So um, I just I was thinking, you know, at the time I only had 12 hours taken, you know, because I was being an, an, an idiot. And so I just called. Um, I looked at on Food Not Bombs website. I encourage you to uh, y'all to if you're interested in doing this, it's super easy to start up. They basically go through like step by steps what to do, and the first step really is to. Um, contact like local grocery stores and farmers markets. So I called a couple grocery stores, but they weren't really supportive. Like Walmart, you know, not really. But I called uh, the Oxford Community Market and um, a lady named, uh, should I mention her name maybe? Uh, just, uh, yeah, her name's Betsy. I'll just say her, be- yeah, Betsy. Okay, and she answered the phone and, uh, you know, she really liked the idea of doing it. She just said that she didn't have time to actually go uh, and pick it up. Uh, but she, the sorority houses on uh, campus, actually, they do uh, get rid of a lot of food, or they, you know, they throw it out. And so she said that if I was willing to go pick it up, we could like basically she'd get the supplies and we could just give it out to communities, uh, no prerequisites or anything, no IDs, no no asking for IDs, no asking for like uh, employment or anything like that. We just give it out, and we've been doing it for like three months. It's been really successful. Uh, we've given over like 900 meals, or at least 900 meals, uh, counting like everything, like bags, we've bagged up gumbo, uh, shrimp. It's just been really amazing, a fun experience. Uh, we built community gardens that the kids come and uh, play in. We uh, think, 
that's basically yeah that's basically about it we delivered to like two other um communities in oxford one is like kind of a uh it's like a residential place for uh, senior citizens, but they don't have any like things in place to take care of them. They're just kind of left on their own. And then there's an, there's also a uh, church in town where this guy, his name's Alex Coleman, and he keeps like anywhere from like 40 to 80 kids in a gym in that church. Okay, and these kids have nowhere to go. And uh, and I was like, uh, well, I asked him, I was like, was well, there not anywhere for them to go? He said, well, yeah, Oxford really just isn't good about that. You know, they they come from like abusive and like uh, not uh, substantial home lives. They don't have very good home lives, and uh, they just they don't want they don't really want to go home. There's not right. okay. There's not a community center. Not really like a like a boys and girls club or I don't know to take care of them. So and like three of them, three of the kids live with them at home. So I know that it's he's he's very he's probably one of the best dudes ever. Uh, and I know that just kind of opened my eyes like. Well, I mean, this, you know, not only this town in particular, but, like, this this whole society, like, just has issues, like, serious yeah. issues, yeah. you know. Um, if we can't even give a space for these kids to be, uh, you know, just, like, on Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, you know. But anyway, that's basically what we do. Uh, it's super successful, I think. Uh, I had a really uh, fun time getting to know the people in the community. Um, and we're thinking about, like, kind of expanding our uh, project to include more than just food. Like, for instance, we're thinking about doing a uh, free store where we just get things for the students. Like, uh, at the end of the semester, the students in the dorms, they just leave shit uh, at the bottom of the stairs. Like, they'll they leave nice furniture and supplies uh, just at the bottom of the stairs in the lobby. And if nobody takes it in 30, uh, 30 days, then... This just every anybody can take it. So we're thinking about maybe I'm going to talk to the person in my dorm. We're going to take that stuff and just hand it out to people who really need it. Um, and we're also thinking about creating like a uh, like a renters association because we give out we mainly go to a housing authority like a public housing and um, we uh, what should we just want like because I know the pandemic is about to end and like uh, or no, the pandemic is about to a lot of people are facing uh, rent crisis. They're going to get evicted. So we're going to like try to me and a buddy trying to think about you know maybe doing a focus group or creating some sort of community organization to help people um, you know just be there for each other in the case somebody gets evicted. Like like a tenancy union basically. Anyway, I, I hate to take up too much time. No, you're good. No, you're good. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, our basically the flower life. The, the mission is to. Um, Create a solidarity, not charity. So exactly, converting uh, food that would go into waste into food that would go into benefit someone else. Um, so that's uh, that's it on the Flower of Life podcast for this week. Uh, stay tuned uh, for next Sunday. We'll try to get a podcast up and going. You have anything else that you want to talk about? Uh, not really. Um, you, I mean, should we do it next Sunday? I mean, I probably can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll, I'll keep you updated throughout the week. Um, because I know my weekends get really busy, man. Like, uh, I know, especially, uh, especially oh, on Sunday because they want everything done. I think there is one thing I kind of wanted to add and it kind of, it kind of wraps up what we were talking about. Uh, my voice is starting to go hoarse now. But, um, <laughs> the fact, I think that like the fact that this podcast is on like, you know, shared through social media, shared through uh, the internet on YouTube, um, you know, large commercial platforms, 
I feel like that does kind of that in itself might block people's chakras or you know like you're saying um so don't I guess don't expect to receive like enlightenment through this or something maybe you can get knowledge or something gain you know, knowledge and, and so you can personally uh yeah. accustom it to your life and that the same with any podcast you listen to you're never going to find the exact truth in any podcast it's just all about pointing out the underlying truths and what it could lead up to um, within your knowledge base and your wisdom, you know, kind of helping you build your wisdom and intuition. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, all right, man. Thanks for well, tuning in. Yeah. Jackson. Yeah. It was thanks. good to see you. Um, next time we'll try to have uh, a guest on the show um, and we'll try to make our next podcast a video podcast. So it can be easily um, more easily presentable to you guys but anyways that wraps up for flower of life um podcast for today hope you guys have a good day Um, make sure to like and subscribe make sure like actually i don't even give a shit yeah i hope i I get good karma by spreading good knowledge uh energy and energy out (laughs) yeah you know the more you give the more you receive so okay all right guys y'all take it easy